You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Church family, welcome back to our Advent series for the podcast. Uh, I'm really blessed today to have a friend of mine, Zach McGee, who's been a part of Carterville for longer than I have. So, <laughs> Zach, when I when I came to Carterville, you know, I came as a youth minister, and you're in the youth group. I was. And man, what a phenomenal uh, church member you are, man! I, I I love the way you love the Lord and serve, and I love your worship. You've served the church um, in lots of lots of ways, um, from disciple making roles in in teaching and instruction to even in lot of administrative roles. Thanks for, thanks, man. Thanks a lot for being a faithful servant. Well, I really appreciate that. Yeah, you bet. And thank you also for doing the the Advent devotion for the church family today. I'm excited about it. All right. So what are you going to read? What's your passage today? The passage today is uh, Luke 1, 34 through 38, and I'll just jump right into it if that's all right. Go for it, Zach. All right. So the passage is, Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I have not been intimate with a man? Discussing, obviously, Gabriel's just told her she's going to have a baby to a child, right? The angel replied in verse 35, he said, uh, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And look, your relative Elizabeth has also been pregnant, uh, become pregnant with a son in her old age, although she was called barren. She is now in her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. So Mary said, Yes, I am a servant of the Lord. Let this happen to me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. So, uh, I don't know how you want to take it, but I had just kind of a few thoughts as I was looking into this. Number awesome. one, what was interesting was when Cassidy was first sent me the four verses, I was yeah. kind of like, man, well, you know, that's, that's kind of short. I'm trying to stay in the bubble. I don't right. want to get into somebody else's somebody lane. yesterday, somebody and that's somebody. right. That's right. So, I thought, well, I'm trying to stay in this bubble the best I can. I was concerned with it. And the more I read and kind of studied a little bit about it, you know, it, then it became, well, let me make sure I don't get this too lengthy. Let me make sure I condense it. <laughs> so, it's funny how that works out. But I did want to point out a few things, specifically in the last two verses that stood out to me. When I read verse 37 the first time, which says that uh, for nothing will be impossible with God. We, we, we say that. We hear that term. Um, yeah, of course, nothing's impossible. God, He can do anything. What I found was was this was a phrase that was maybe not used as commonly back then. Um, the 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 significant time that this phrase was used before now was when God told Abraham and Sarah about their child. Oh wow! And so <clears throat> he had, God had basically told Sarah and Abraham that they were going to have a child, and Sarah laughed. You know, laughed right, at him. She laughed. She That's laughed right. at him. Um, and he basically came back and said, hey, nothing's impossible with God. Right. Um, and so I don't know, you know, that's the last time I was used. I'm not sure if the way it was said, the way Gabriel said it to Mary, if she understood the context of what he was saying, or even if it was that significant or somebody after the fact just put two and two together. But I thought that was fascinating, uh-huh. especially if that kind of gave Mary the confidence to say, okay, you're referring to Abraham and Sarah, similar story. And now you're saying it to me. Therefore, okay, that gives me the assurance to say to say yes or to accept this that you've you've told me. You know, and one of the things mm-hmm. that I think is amazing, you know, about what you're pointing out mm-hmm. to us, Zach, is that so what the Abraham story begins in Genesis 12. Now that conversation with Sarah was a little bit later, right? But that's very early in the Bible, and the promises that God made to Abraham that I'm going to make you a special people. You know, I'll give you land, descendants, and a blessing. Um, Those promises basically are the story of the whole Bible. And Jesus, the New Testament is clear that Paul understands that when God 
told Abraham that he would give him descendants and that that his seed would be a blessing, that he was referring to Messiah, to Jesus. Right. So it's kind of cool to me that that the language he used That's with right. Abraham, That's same right. language with Mary, yeah. and actually the birth of her child is going to be the fulfillment of a promise from thousands of years ago that he made to Abraham. That's exactly right. Unbelievable. That's man. fascinating. Uh, so then I go into uh, verse 38, which is kind of where it all centers. Uh, but it's the fact that Mary, she accepted this claim and she chose to obey without any further questions or considerations. And like I said, I don't want to get into too much of somebody else's. But if you're going doing this in chronological order, going through Luke, then you've already discussed this. We'll go back a little bit. But, um, you know, Zechariah yeah. wanted, wanted a... Uh, wanted a sign or a, a clue of some sort. And she kind of got a sign, Mary did. I mean, Gabriel told her, you know, look, Elizabeth is also having a child, even though she's thought to be barren. Yeah. So to her, that was kind of a sign, but in the same way, she she just accepted it in a way that Zechariah didn't. So that was fascinating. But it also made me think of, uh, it first made me think of the song. Everything makes me think of songs or a Seinfeld reference, if you know me, right? <laughs> okay. The first song that came to my mind was Mercy Me, and it comes out of Isaiah 6 eight when it says, I heard the, vo- the voice of the Lord say, Whom will I send and who will go on our behalf? And I answered, Here am I, send me. Awesome. In this case, <clears throat> you know, Gabriel or God in this case is not saying, hey, we need to birth a Messiah supernaturally who will go. But in a, in a way, I kind of saw it the same way. He's saying, I'm, I've called you out. And she's yeah. saying, here am I. Send me. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought that was power, powerful. Um, and then kind of just some thoughts from verse 38 that I had um, is that, you know, we bind ourselves to so many other obligations uh, in this world that we don't allow ourselves to really be put into a similar situation that Mary's in. I mean, I know for me, I can still remember before I was married and, and had a daughter, how much I was able to say yes to and do. And now there's always uh, two other people that I need to consider in those decisions. But beyond just, you know, my family, which is obviously important, you know, we also tend to tie ourselves to other commitments of this world and and kind of allow those things to hold us back and and give us excuses to say we're too busy or whatever. Um, So the kind of the lesson for me uh, personally in these verses is to have, number one, just have unwavering faith, to trust if God calls you that, um, you know, he's going to do right by you. Uh, but secondly, is to not to cling to anything else in this world so tightly uh, that if God calls us to forfeit it uh, for his service, that, you know, we'll be willing to give those things up. And um, there's kind of a, there's kind of a lesson a guy taught me and um, one time when, uh, that I used to work with. And it kind of relates to retirement savings, um, things of that nature. Uh, when I first started working full time, um, that was something I struggled with because I thought, you know, is, is it right for us to be putting money aside when there's so much need in the world right mm-hmm. now? And basically, the answer, the short version of the story is, is um, he said, you know, you've got a responsibility for yourself, for your family, to take care of yourself, here so you're not a burden to someone else. But at the same time, you've got to be willing to essentially hold on to that loosely. Yeah, not to quote thirty eight special, but yeah, uh, but at the same time, uh, you hold on loosely because, um, you know, if God may call you, may build that nest egg up and get in a place where you're taking care of yourself. But then when you're fifty years old and you got two hundred thousand dollars in in an account, God may come calling for that. Yeah, and when that time comes, you you need to be willing to hand it over at any moment. And that was powerful to me. And, wow, yeah. And so I try to keep that same mentality in a lot of other aspects yeah. in life. Um, so <clears throat> that's awesome. Um, just a couple other quick thoughts I had. Um, my other thought was, um, 
you know, she may have well comprehended as well at the time the social pressures of what she was saying yes to. And if so, to me, that makes it more impressive. Right. Uh, because knowing that, okay, how am I going to explain this to Joseph? Right. Who I, who I love and, you know, I get along with potentially. I mean, this is the person I want to spend my life with. Uh, she's got other family members um, that she's got to now answer to, to a yeah. degree, and community. Um, th- there's going to be... There's a lot of ways that this could go. Number one, obviously, with the way that the culture was and and such in that day, she could have seen anything from death, which I'm sure she probably felt pretty safe considering uh, Gabriel's telling her that yeah. you're going to give the birth the Messiah. But she could have, you know, maybe at worst been kind of an outcast and right. been doing this on her own. And she probably never outlived the rumors. I yeah. Mean, no, no matter what happened, you know that she was probably the subject of the... And I just wonder how world. much in that moment did she stop to analyze and consider all those factors that would be that would have been how my brain would have worked if she did stop and analyze even some of those factors and still didn't really hesitate and said yeah to me that just makes it even more impressive yeah um and then last thought uh, and i had this kind of at the end but to me this was really impactful um I wonder kind of how God would have responded if if she was hesitant. And, you know, there's similar stories in the Bible of you know Moses and Jonah, for instance, specifically, yeah. where they they hesitated. They said, "God, I don't think I'm capable. I don't want to do this. They're not worthy." Whatever the excuse was, but eventually God got his way. Would he have done the same with Mary, or would he have moved on to the next willing person? Now, obviously, there's some genealogy that plays into the effect here, so it all yeah. worked out well. But moving on. Um, I think about that in the context of me and how many times has God come and asked something of me and I was too hesitant or asked too many questions uh, or found every reason not to say yes and so he just moved on to the next willing person. What sort of opportunities and blessings in the spiritual sense of blessings uh, might I have missed out on because I was too busy or not willing to say yes? Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of my own personal challenge to me reading this was... Um, Sometimes he he has a specific per, person, excuse me, person for a purpose, uh, such as Moses, uh, Jonah, Mary in this case. Um, but in some other instances, he may say, "Hey, I think this could be a big blessing to you, and I'm gonna give you an opportunity." But if not, I'll, I'll move to the next person, yeah. and, and I'd hate to be missing out on those. Yeah, so. man, and I totally trust the sovereignty of God over our lives, and you know. But yeah, you look back at Moses and Jonah, great examples of people who were slow to say yes mm-hmm. to the Lord. And uh, in some ways it was different different or more difficult than it mm-hmm. could have been for them. But but Mary is absolutely our Christmas time superhero. I mean, just, yeah, with d- despite all the social pressure yeah. and all the reasons mm-hmm. that she would have to argue or to dodge this. Yeah. From the record we have, she just says yes. Mm-hmm. So, man, Mary is my hero today. Yeah. So that's that was my quick uh, conclusion or, or summary of what I gather from uh, Luke 1, 34 through 38. It's, it's, it's the story we've heard over and over again. Um, but when you stop and it's just four verses. And yeah. I, was, I was a little scared by that at first. But when you stop and really dig into it, it's, it's amazing the yeah. things that you can kind of take away from it and the challenges. Yeah. You can take from this, uh, you know, what, 16-ish year old girl? Yeah, we don't know. Young teenager probably. Yeah, that's right. That's legit. Well, hey, Zach, thanks for showing us the character of Mary and the moment that she's in and her willingness to say yes despite all the pressures. Thanks for challenging our church family. Let's learn from Mary. Everybody be faithful today. Thanks, Zach. I appreciate it.